many of us, even those of you who are probably listening, know what it's like to meet a pastor who doesn't know who they are. Sure. And it comes out whether in their their brashness, right, or just their their lack of self awareness yeah. or poor management around them, right? And so knowing yourself is so so critical. Yeah. So that you can navigate through the wins and the losses, um, the relational ups and downs with people, right? right. That that's just so so necessary. So number one, know yourself. This is the Church Report Podcast, exploring challenges the church faces around the world. Brought to you by the Rogo Foundation. Now, here's Scott Camden. Hi, this is the Church Report Podcast, where we engage in conversations about the church, brought to you by the Rogo Foundation. My name is Scott Camden. I have the blessing of serving as the Advancement Director for both the Rogo Foundation as well as Sandals Church. And today I have the opportunity to spend some time with a great friend of mine. His name is Alfredo Ramos. He is one of our pastors here at Sandals Church. He is our Palm Avenue campus pastor. And also he's a part of our teaching team. And you do an excellent job stepping in and filling in for Pastor Matt and tackling certain topics. And my family and I have so enjoyed your preaching and how you've grown in this season of your ministry. It's just been such a blessing to see. And again, I'm super blessed to be able to spend some time with you. So thank you very much for hanging with me today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to jump on here and and talk talk shop with the church and and what we do as pastors. So it should be good. Awesome. So we we, we strive to tackle one big question in these segments in this podcast. And today we're going to tackle the five things that every new pastor should know. And I think uh, our audience should have the benefit of understanding why you've been invited to speak into this. Could you talk about your your transition from uh, working in the education system to stepping into your role as a pastor here at Sandals Church and ultimately a campus pastor and a part of our teaching team? What that transition looked like in timeline? Yeah, yeah. So when I first started working full-time, I was a teacher at a local high school. I uh, spent a few years in the classroom uh, teaching juniors, freshmen in high school, eventually seniors, uh, was a Bible teacher for some time, and then became a vice principal as well. And then uh, shortly after that, uh, made the decision to respond to the call and become a uh, full-time pastor. So it was quite the change. I mean, there's some similarities between teaching and pastoring, no doubt. But yeah, it's a significant change. And so I was kind of thrown in pretty quickly. So here we are in in Mm mid-2021. When did you actually step into the role of a pastor? Yeah, that was the summer of 2017. Okay. So just about four years ago, right? became ordained and was uh, introduced to a church family that was going to be joining the Sandals Church family. And yes. so, yeah, the ordination and the joining a new church family and old church family was all like kind of paralleling together yeah. along this strand of... And what was going on in your personal life? I mean, there's, there's marriage. Yeah, yeah. So I've been married from that point for a number of years, uh, almost seven, I think, at the time. Yep. And then we're, we were on our way to have a second baby. So yes. I remember one night, in fact, we were having... My wife actually was having contractions yeah. while I was getting ready to go in and, and speak into one of our vision nights. So we had a bunch of people <laughs> gathering and the church that just joined us. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was an exciting night. A lot of people showed up and there my wife is in the parking lot having contractions. So crazy. it was it was a, yeah, it was a crazy moment to say the least. So yeah, sure. Every time our church ages, my daughter ages too. Yeah. My daughter Ella and the church are essentially born around the same time. You yeah. Know? So, so beautiful. It's pretty cool. So yeah. beautiful. Well, thanks for giving a little context to what we're diving into. Yeah. So the the five things 
that a new pastor must know you are speaking from a position of authority because just a few years ago you were a new pastor. Yeah. And now you have the luxury of reflecting back on what you went through, your mm-hmm. experiences, to be able to speak into today's topic. So let's kick it off with number one. What What is one of the most important things yeah. that a new pastor must know? Yeah, I would say, number one, you need to know yourself. You okay. need to know who you are. By that I mean, um, how has God designed you? You know, how how has he wired you? Uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians four different offices, Mm -hmm. right? Prophets, apostles, evangelists. And I think pastors sometimes need to figure out what, where they kind of lean in that regard. Sure. Whether it's when they're teaching in front of people or when they're just pastoring in smaller settings, how do they kind of lean? Um, And I think that also should be determined by the way you experience God on a regular basis. You know, John Calvin talked about that. In his institutes, Socrates, as a philosopher, writes famously known for know thyself. And so there's a lot to be said for pastors, especially new pastors who are excited about ministry, excited about answering a call to God, but have little um, self-awareness, right? When it comes right. to how they're experienced, where their giftings are at, where their weaknesses are at, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of that comes out of discipline around personal private life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the inner work of prayer, quiet time, those kinds of things. Is so critical as you come as you come to discover who you are, the way God has wired you. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think many of us, even those of you who are probably listening, know what it's like to meet a pastor who doesn't know who they are, sure. and it comes out whether in their their brashness, right, or just their their lack of self awareness yeah. or the poor management around them, right. And so, knowing yourself is so so critical. Yeah, so that you can navigate through the wins and the losses. Mm-hmm. Um, the relational ups and downs with people, right? right. That that's just so so necessary. So number one, know yourself. I'd say knowing yourself. Okay. Yeah. So so knowing myself is number one. What would you say is number two? Yeah, I think a, a natural kind of byproduct of knowing yourself would be then you understanding who you need to have around you. Yep, right? that's good. So who's going to complement um, the way you've been wired or gifted by God, and and building a team around you, hiring people that are better than you at things you would like to do. That's you know? so key. Being That's humble so key. enough to say, man, I'm, I'm going to hire this person because they're better than me at a handful of things, yeah. you know, versus kind of hiring people and viewing them as just bodies that like can fill gaps yep. and do tasks that bore you. Right? Yes. You need to think about um, what do I lack? Like where are my blind spots at and who can I bring in to really help round out um, our work collectively sure. and us kind of accomplishing this shared vision together. And so, yeah. That makes me think uh, so much. I've heard a, a number of different influential people in, in the, the faith-based community across the nation talk about certain glass ceilings in churches. Yeah. And they talk about the, uh, this number of around 200 and that there's so many pastors that hit about 200 uh, attendees at their campus and they, they can't grow. They can't get through that, that yeah. glass ceiling. Yeah. And one of the major reasons typically that they can't is because they're the one that's typically doing all the things. Mm. They have mm-hmm. not realized, here are the things that I'm excellent at and that I'm called to do. Right. And here are the things that really I have the opportunity to, to invite people into. They're going to receive a blessing for moving in obedience and stewarding well the talents and the time that they have yeah. in that role. But it's really when they can start to identify and then delegate and empower right. that that uh, I think a, a blessing from that movement is sometimes is growth. Not yeah. always, but is sometimes growth because yeah. you're you're bringing in the right team that 
that God is inviting you to develop to minister to that community of people and potentially to the larger community as you grow. Yeah. So I love that. Um, Number three. Yeah, I would say uh, after knowing yourself, knowing the team to build around you, I would say you need to know your limits and embrace your limitations. Um, I think this happens on a few levels. Number one, your your balance of life, right? Yeah. So as you look at your calendar and zoom out from the week and the month and the year, establish rhythms. What are rhythms that are going to both um, honor and protect my limitations as a person, you yeah. know, as a, as a man, as a woman, as a husband, whatever whatever your roles are relationally, what kind of limitations are you going to embrace for the sake of your own health, right? Mm-hmm. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, and protect those limitations, you know, whether it's a, a day of rest, a Sabbath day, mm-hmm. um, managing your schedule, learning where you say no, yeah. where you say yes, you know, understanding that our rhythms and our habits really form our hearts around our convictions. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times pastors feel the need to learn, which is incredibly important to be a learner. And so seminary is a big, right, a big journey that we undertake, but we don't also understand the, the role of being someone who embraces their limitations, right? Sure. And so we overemphasize head knowledge and we neglect the rhythms of life that actually form our hearts, mm-hmm. right? And so That's I think good. it's true that knowledge, truth, wisdom shapes us, but so does practice. Practice shapes us yes. too. And so knowing your limitations helps you to understand what practices I need to have around prayer, rest, scripture reading, time with people, yeah. time for family, right? Ways that protect your actual integrity Yes, um, and who you are privately, um, you know, is just, you can't, you can't put a number on what that, what that's worth, you know? Yes. So knowing your limitations is, is so critical. And I think all of us who are aware of that now see the lack of that in people who burn out sure. in churches that collapse, uh, in places where spiritual abuse it goes unaddressed, you know, or where yeah. pastors are just, they're just over it, right? Um, yeah. the, the turnover, especially now post-2020 and the pandemic, right, is uh, astronomical for pastors, you know. And so I think limitations is an invitation from God to not be him, but to be with him. You right. Know, and, and we got to do that as pastors, especially okay. new pastors who are ambitious. And we want to tackle everything, you know. Yeah. That was good to not be him, but to be with him. Yeah. I like that. That's nice. good. That's good. So uh, number four. Yeah. Number four would be knowing your history. So you know yourself, your team, um, your limitations. Number four, I'd say know the history of where you're going. So whether you're planting, replanting, revitalizing, I think it's so, so important that we learn the history of right. where we're at. So we don't break the ninth commandment of bearing false witness. And what I mean by that is it's easy to walk into an old church and think, oh, well, they probably went wrong somewhere because look at this place now, you know. And that's one way to take. I think the other perspective is to humbly learn what the work of God has been through this community. Who built this building? Who are the people that were critical to this? You know, what's the story of God that already has been taking place without you, you know? Yeah. And, and embrace that history, both the beautiful aspects of it and the broken aspects sure. of it. Embrace it all, learn from it, be shaped by it, yeah. so that you can align yourself with the work of God and with the work of the Spirit. You know, what has the Spirit already been doing in this area, in yes. this building, in this existing community, you know, so that you don't come in, like, come in hot, like, hey, we're going to fix everything. Yeah. I got this grand vision from God, and all this needs to come down, you right. know. While that might be where you end up, 
I don't think it should be where you start. I think you need to embrace history. You know, That's good. And, and learn well from those who have walked before us and, and walked before wherever you're at. You know, I think that's so, so important. So I, I remember that happened to me. First time I walked into Palm Baptist, yeah. which is the church that joined Sandals Church. And I looked, I just sat in the sanctuary. I looked at all the pews. I, I just smelt the wood. I looked at the carpet. I looked at the, the, the lighting and the stained glass windows. Like I just took it all in. Right and try to think about how countless messages, songs, um, lives have been given to Jesus in this room before I even step foot in here, yeah. you know? And so before I pass judgment on where I think they're at now, yeah. I should embrace like where God has been in them already, you know, so. Oh, I hate to say this to you, you've set the bar quite high on these first four points. <laughs> you know, so so the, the, the challenge has been laid, but uh, what's, what's number five? Yeah, I'd say five would be uh, knowing your community. You know, think about, zoom out maybe on, on what God has been doing in that church and its history. Yeah. And think about what God is just doing in the community. You know, God gives his common grace to all humanity, which means uh, God's grace works through the judicial system, right? Through right. the justice system, through community partners, nonprofits, schools, uh, different community leaders, right? And so yes. I think it's helpful, especially if you're gonna be replanting and you feel new to the area, Drive the local neighborhoods, you know, talk to people in leadership, get time with them, bless them with a meal, you know, hear their story, find out ways that you can come alongside them as the church rather than, you know, trying to get everyone to see what you're doing, be a part of what's already happening. Yeah. You know, really integrate yourself into the daily life of the community. Yeah. And I think that it means, yes, a core team you're with there, but also it means the larger team, right? Like the, the people of peace, if you will, that you want to engage with. Yeah. And hopefully see one day come to know Jesus. And you know, through, yeah. yeah. So I think there's a real invitation of, of even like uh, like what Philip says to, to Nathaniel in John 1. When Nathaniel's like, yo, what good can come from Nazareth? When Philip tells him, yo, we found Jesus, this dude from Nazareth. And Nathaniel's like, what good comes from Nazareth? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are asking that question. Yeah. What good is going to come from you and your church? You know? Yeah. And Philip's response is come and see. Yeah. Just come and see. Yeah. You know, he humbly doesn't try to correct him. Or get in his face about his objection. Sure. He receives it, acknowledges it, and says, hey, come with me. Come and see. You yeah. Know? And I think we can have that kind of come and see attitude with our community neighbors and partners and people in leadership and, and uh, really be a practical expression of the love of God and the reign of Jesus in your life Yeah. by serving them with no strings attached. You know? It's so good. So. As you're talking, just the, the thing that's been skipping around in my head, I've heard it so many times from so many different people, but... Uh, they don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And so getting out into that community, right. uh, loving on people, serving them, uh, yeah. being there in the good and in the difficult, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. looking for, praying for, sensitive to the Holy Spirit for those moments where you can make the invitation or have yeah. a conversation about a relationship with Christ. Yeah. Um, and often that those moments happen because you've invested in the relationship earlier on right. with some people. Right. So man, that's solid. You want to fire off those five one more time, just the topics? Yeah, yeah. So for every new pastor, five things to know. Number one, know yourself. Yes. Uh, know the team that you're going to build. Yes. Know and embrace your limitations. Yes. Uh, number four, know the history. Know the history of where you're entering. And then number five, know the community around you. You know, um, that is to say, make, make their problems your problems. Pastor Alfredo, man, thank you so much for taking time today to join yeah. me for this episode. Hey, if you're listening and you enjoyed today's episode, I would encourage you to like it. Uh, if you have not done so already, I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and also 
Tell others about it if you've enjoyed this. Invite them to check out the content here at The Church Report. To learn more about the podcast, go to uh, robofoundation.com slash podcast. And to learn more about the Rogo Foundation or to get in touch with us, if you want to somehow get connected to Pastor Alfredo, you have some follow-up questions for him, visit rogofoundation.com and click on the Connect tab and you can reach out to us there. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.